You know, just this meeting, this weekend, I love the purpose of all weekends. I mean, you guys have so many great speakers here. Man, I was... Who'd you have? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> forgot. <laughs> forgot. <laughs> yeah, he had me. <laughs> Jim, Baker. Jim Baker. Yeah, there's some guy from Mexico, I think. So. David Hogan. Bobby Connor. Chad Deadman. And, you know, just there's purposes for every special meeting. And the purpose of this special meeting is about you. You know, I just I was thinking, I said, asking the Lord, who's, who's in this meeting tonight? And, and, and I heard this. He said, Steve, there's great people in this meeting. There's great people. There's people doing things. There's, there's movers and shakers. There's visionaries. There's courageous people. There's leaders of leaders. There's overcomers, powerful business people, powerful ministry people, powerful people in government and education, people who are getting raised up, ministry school students. There's powerful people. And I know that there's people... You guys have, um, you've been doing a lot. And you know what I'm hearing about this weekend? This weekend is a weekend of personal breakthrough for you. That's what I'm hearing. This weekend is about just letting go, letting God, getting touched. It's not about your neighbor. It's not about, you, uh, you hope your spouse really hears this word. <laughs> it's not about the person that you wish was here would hear it. It's about you. Just say it's about me. Wendy sends her love and her greetings. Those of you who have been here in the past, you know I first came by myself, had to check this place out. Tell Wendy it's safe. Then she comes, and those of you who have been here, you know, it's like most places I go. It's, Steve, please don't come again without Wendy. <laughs> we like you, but we really like her. Now she, but I want to let you know, Wendy's so powerful that her spirit is here tonight. <laughs> yep. So she sends her love. She's not traveling as much right now, and she's got her, a lot of her own speaking invitations. So um, Steve's on his own a lot. But it's a, it's a great season. And, and I'm so excited to be back here. And I, I do, we just love Jim and Mary. They're some of our favorite leaders. We're so thankful for them and this church and how important you are in our movement. You guys are important. You carry something that is just... Uh, is so powerful, and, and I just love to partake of what you have, and I love to encourage you. And, and I believe this weekend you're going to get encouraged. And, and I believe this weekend, you know, you know what I believe? I believe you'll never be the same again after this weekend. 
Why don't you say that? After this weekend, I'll never be the same again. I believe that. And and because there, there's something just even in the meetings that have been happening though, that I've been a part of, the water level is rising. Not just because of me, but because of him and because of what he's doing in you. And so we're going to go after hope, joy, belief systems. We're going to laugh at a lot of lies. Uh, we're going to say a lot of things because you can't change your life without speaking truth. We're going to let go of some things. Is that good with you? Now, just to, as I was praying, by the way, I've got a powerful group of four. Why don't you guys stand up? These are students at the Bethel School Supernatural Ministry. And you know one of them, special Mara, part of your own. And, and she's uh, been blessing me on my team, and, uh, and we're thankful for her, thankful for the others who are here. Will, they're going to help me close tonight. And just as I was uh, during worship and I, I was hearing some things, um, I was hearing uh, these, that someone in the room is going to memorize the book of Galatians and Philippians. And, and as you memorize th- those books, there's going to be something that's going to happen to you that's going to start a reformation. Um, I heard this um, southwest, no, southeast Columbus area. Now, what, what part of Columbus area are we in here? North. I, I heard this over the southeast Columbus area that there's a vortex of discovery there's a vortex of a revival, uh, inventions, and social reformation coming out of the southeast part of Columbus. I saw, I just saw that region as an innovative region that there's just going to be the sparks of revival, uh, the sparks of innovation that are coming out of there. I heard this, someone... Um, within the sound of my voice, can't see a powerful door that's open for you because you keep focusing on a door that's closed that you want to get opened. I think I'll say that again. Someone within the sound of my voice can't see a powerful door that's open for you because you keep looking at a door that you want to get open that's closed. I should just laugh at that one. But <laughs> ha ha. I heard God's bringing breakthrough to China, India, Venezuela, and Turkey. And we, we just take ownership in this room tonight and we speak breakthrough over those nations China, India, Venezuela, and Turkey. We say, Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, it says, proclaim liberty to the captives. Proclaim liberty to the captives. The proclamation of liberty to those in captive situations is the beginning of breakthrough. The first step of breakthrough is for someone to proclaim freedom to someone in a captive experience. And we proclaim that tonight. 
free, actually we, we proclaim it tonight, freedom to those captive by depression, poverty, addictions, victim mindsets. We, I, I say you're free. Just say I'm free. You guys good? I'm just, it's kind of, it's between you and me, it's pretty thick up here. <laughs> Wendy wrote a book called Victorious Emotions. And this is a, this is a great, great book. And she's got a journal that's also with this. And uh, Wendy's just has got such a revelation on how to set people free in her own journey. And Mara, does your mom have this book? Okay. All right. Can you give that to your mom? And, and, and what's your first name, by the way? Gwen? Yeah, Gwen. What, what I hear over you is that your influence is growing. You are an influencer of influencers. And, and, and I, I hear that uh, there's, the, there's a spirit of breakthrough in you and on you. And I see a gift of faith on you to, to actually believe at a level for people in situations like never before. You're going gonna to find yourself, you're going to say, why am I not concerned? <laughs> Shouldn't I be more concerned? And I just see the Lord just actually showing you the gift of peace. Uh, Romans sixteen twenty says, And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I see him giving you insight on that verse and how manifest peace in our life is the indicator of seeing the manifest crushing of Satan around us. And I see God giving you insight into that particular verse and the power of peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I see the people that you're believing for are going to, it's like dominoes. You're going to you touch them, and they're going to, and much of your influence is going to happen within the next 50 years. Hmm. All right, so here's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to share my story. Some of you have heard it, but I'm going to say it in a little bit of a different way. Uh, I'm going to lay a foundation tonight of, of, of just putting together the, the message and how the Lord changed our lives on uh, moving us from a uh, behavior-focused Christian to a belief-focused Christian. Now, the kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct. It's moved forward by good beliefs. The old covenant was moved forward by good conduct. The new covenant is moved forward by good beliefs. We're called believers. It should tip us off on what we're actually supposed to be doing. <laughs> and I'm all for good conduct and wisdom, but the question of the hour, the greatest question of the hour it is not, Lord, what should I do? The greatest question of the hour is, Lord, what should I believe in this next season? 
It's, it's more important than what to do. What should I believe? What should I believe about you? What should I believe about me? What should I believe about the people in my life? What should I believe about my city, my nation? Lord, tell me. Show me what to believe. Show me what to renew my mind with. I, I used to only renew my mind with my past experience and my feelings. My, my mind renewal was only a thermometer, not a thermostat. How many know we're not called to be thermometers? Just reflecting what's going on. I'm in the room with high-level influencers. I'm in the room with, with thermostatic leaders. Just say, I'm a thermostatic leader. <laughs> now, I used to only be a thermometer in what I said and thought. I'm tired. We're poor. This place is hard for the gospel. Nobody around here wants to get saved. The churches are in disunity. Every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. <laughs> I remember he called me on that one. He says, hey, Steve, how come you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? <clears throat> Well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. That's why I say it. That's why I say it. And I remember I heard this. He said, Steve, it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you because that's what you renew your mind with. Mind renewal, I mean, really on one level, mind renewal is whatever we continually come into agreement with. Current beliefs create future experience. Current mind renewal creates, you know, so, I, I mean, there's enough challenges in life anyway, let alone having faith for spiritual attacks. Lord says, hey, Steve, how come you, you, you talk more about the devil's attack than my protection? <clears throat> uh, well, Lord, the reason I talk more about uh, the devil's attack than your protection, actually, Lord, if I actually saw more of your protection, I'd talk about it more. When I see protection, then I'll talk protection. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. He says, Steve, uh, that's not how it works. You want to see more protection? Start talking about it. Because, and really, it's amazing. The, the, more, the more, you know, you think about a thermostat. A thermostat sets, sets the temperature. It'd be amazing, you know, I mean, if I, let's say I, I set the, 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 let's say if the temperature's 60 and I set the thermostat at 70, I just go, boop, set it right there. What would you think of me if, you know, one minute after I set it, I went up to the thermostat and said, you're not working. 
Let's laugh at that too. It, it, it takes, how I many you know faith, faith is, the, is the time between what you set, the temperature you set, and, what before, you, and before you experience it. It's called faith. And I, I just, even tonight, I, I see the Holy Spirit releasing over you revelation on how to be a thermostat. Now, I remember thermostatic leaders think, talk, and act higher than the environments they're in. Thermostatic influencers and leaders think, act, and talk higher than the environments they're in. That's what leadership's all about. I got saved. I, I grew up on the north coast of California in uh, Redwood Tree Country, and I didn't know the Lord as a teenager. And it, when I was 18 years old, I was in a bowling alley in Rio Del, California, bowling. And I saw this cute girl up there watching people bowl. Her name was Wendy. And I decided to make the move. <laughs> went up and talked to her it's amazing neither of us knew the Lord and yeah, how many know God he, he, he orchestrates things and so we, we started going out and I graduated high school became a hippie actually had hair <laughs> and Wendy and I we were seeking searching doing things that hippies do and uh, <clears throat> trying this trying that and <clears throat> Then we met Jesus. Someone say yay. And we found out this. There's no high like the most high. And my belief system at that time was is that if I went to church, and I, didn't, I was going to an Assembly of God church in Fortuna, California. If I went to church and didn't feel saved, then I didn't think I was saved. And... If they gave the altar call to be saved again, I would go up there just to make sure. Then the Lord said, Steve, I've got good news for you. You are saved even when you don't feel saved. I said, wow, that's amazing. I thought feelings were the highest indicator of truth there was. Ha, uh ha. -huh. So after I heard that, I would still come to church not feeling saved at times. And they'd give the altar call to be saved, and I'd want to go up there so bad. And the Lord said, Steve, do not go up there. Stay. Stay, Steve. But Lord, I want to get this thing, I got this spirit of heaviness off me, and I know if I go up there, I'll get it off me. And he said, um, Steve, I'm going to show you how to get that thing off you. It's not by doing something different, it's by believing something different. And it really formed the foundation of, of what our ministry is all about, Igniting Hope Ministries. So we stayed in that church for about 15 years. We, we lived in Romans 12, 1. 
during those, that 15 years where we give our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord and we surrendering our heart and our will. And, and as hippies, we had a lot to surrender. <laughs> a lot to surrender. When you had to surrender how we did our relationship to do it God's way. Build our relationship on rock, not sand. We, we, we had to learn how to treat people God's way. Do integrity God's way. Uh, how to surrender. We, we heard what Isaiah heard in Isaiah 6 when he was in an encounter. Just say encounter. He's in an encounter. And he heard voice saying, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. And I remember, you know, just during that season, I mean, we, we would run the altars. We'd give it all up. We'd say, God, whatever you want in our lives, wherever we lay it all down again. By the way, I want you to say this. Lord, here am I. Send me. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful to surrender our heart and give God everything and we need to. And even what I'm going to be sharing this weekend, if we don't get that piece down, it can get weird what, what, what I'm going to share with you. you get, but if you get that piece down... What I'm going to tell you this weekend is going to absolutely, I believe, set you on the launching pad for your life. It's going to take you in a direction you, higher than you've ever been before within your life, in the Lord. Because God's an equal opportunity God. There's no, there's no person predestined for mediocrity. Nobody's past can stop them. No, no, the past doesn't have the power to block our future, but current beliefs do. The conclusions that we make about ourselves based on the past, that has the power. And, and, and so in 1991, the Lord sent us out to pastor a small rural church in the state of Nevada in a town called Round Mountain, Nevada. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. How many know God's not always logical? It was illogical to be out there, middle of the desert, four hours from Reno, Vegas, High desert, rural, church about 30 people. But we knew that we knew that we knew we were supposed to be out there. By the way, I hear this. The Lord is clarifying assignments, breaking double-mindedness off people in this room. I see it. I see God actually, you know, he, he's, he's, he's bringing clarity to people. Double-mindedness is the enemy of great influencers. And so we're, we go out there. We go to the desert. How many know God likes to send people to deserts to teach them how to repent? <laughs> and one of the best definitions of repentance is to change the way you think. And basically what the Lord said, Steve and Wendy, I love your heart for Romans 12.1, but if you're going to see transformation, you've got to move into Romans 12.2, where it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind, you may prove what is that good and perfect and excellent will of God. And so he said, you not only, you surrendered your heart, now you need to surrender your beliefs. And we found this out, surrendering our beliefs is more challenging on many levels than surrendering our heart. Because the beliefs to be surrendered are called strongholds. Does anybody know why they're called a stronghold? Because they have a stronghold. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Stronghold, stronghold. 
remember the Lord talking to Wendy. Wendy, will you surrender the beliefs that you're shy, inadequate, and can't speak well in front of others? Will you surrender those beliefs? And, and, and Wendy says, but Lord, that's who I am. And she heard this. Wendy, that's not who you are. That's just who you've become. It's who you've become, but what you've, what you've been renewing your mind with, your past, rather than what I'm saying. Steve, can you surrender the belief that you are an insignificant leader? Well, Lord, I, get, I mean, I, I can hardly seemingly influence sagebrush. I say, yeah, here, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I'll start believing better when things start getting better in my life. Then I'll start thinking better. Is that okay with you? He said, no. He says, that's not how this thing works. That's not how this thing works. He said, you're not going to see transformation by surrendering your heart. You're going to see transformation by surrendering your beliefs. You got to believe something higher than what you're experiencing if you're going to experience something higher. You want to see transformation and breakthrough? Then you're going to need to believe truth instead of lies. John 8:32 says the truth will make you what? Free. So every area of my life where I believe truth in, I get free. Every area of my life where I believe lies, I'm not free. We get saved by believing in Jesus. We get free by believing like Jesus. I get saved by putting my faith in him. I get free by believing like him. By the way, you know what I'm hearing tonight? I'm hearing tonight, tonight, where people are going to get delivered from pessimism. There's people in the room, you're going to get delivered from pessimism. This is a pessimism deliverance service. I was going to have you turn to your neighbor and say, that might be a good word for you, but I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll refrain from that. <laughs> So the battle's between lies and truth. I'm not a devil-focused Christian. I'm a belief-focused Christian. I don't want to be ignorant about the devil or foolish about the devil, but I don't talk about the devil very much. But I talk about what I believe all the time. Because if I believe truth, I get free. And if I'm free, I don't think the devil's bugging me very much. Just a thought. <laughs> Even to put on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, you've got to believe something to get those pieces on. You don't just fly on you automatically. I love all those pieces. I mean, the helmet of salvation. Wow! Man, we got something on our thinking of all the benefits of my salvation. Whew! But the one I really like is the shield of faith. 
the shield of good beliefs. What's it say? With which you can quench some of the fiery darts? How many? All? All. That'll mess up some people's theology. All. So the battles between lies and truth. So the question is, how do we know if we're believing a lie? Because the nature of deception is, is that you don't know you're deceived. And once you know you're deceived, you're no longer deceived. Sean, that's taught in deception class 101. <laughs> yeah. Once you know you're deceived, you're no longer deceived. So I got an indicator. Every area, this is what we felt like the Lord told us in the desert. Every area of your life that doesn't have great hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. Every area of your life that doesn't have great hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. I was reading a book by Francis Frangipan called The Three Battlegrounds, and he, he basically said, he said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, say glisten with hope. Every area of your life doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I'm reading, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie, and that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. I read that, close the book, become instantly discouraged. <laughs> it's a lot easier to blame the devil. Trying to find one area of my life where I got hope, let alone glistening hope, couldn't find it. Then I pray a dumb prayer. Oh, God, would you please show me every lie I'm believing? Not smart. Should have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies I'm believing. Because I got a revelation, almost everything I was believing in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. <laughs> I had great doctrine, but bad beliefs. Great doctrine like Jesus is God. I mean, if you don't get that right, you got a problem. Great doctrine like the authority of Scripture. Final authority on every area of life. Great doctrine, salvation by grace through faith, faith alone and not by works. How many of you can have great doctrine but still be a mess? I want to get my doctrine right, but I, I got, he said, see, I got to get your beliefs right. The only time I had my beliefs right was when I was under the manifest presence of God. In the prayer meeting, uh, yes, amen, we got the victory, yes, amen. <laughs> Ramba, shamba. <laughs> Woo. In the worship service, I had the victory. I can overcome it all. I am who God says I am, yes. But outside of the manifest anointing, is pessimistic, critical, insecure, worried, victim mindset. Somebody turn the music back on. 
please, please give me Mary Baker's CD so I can think right. Lord said, Steve, how you think after the meeting is more important than how you think in the meeting. I'm more concerned what I think after this meeting than what I think in here. I mean, because it's easier. It's, it's kind of hard to think lies in this place. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about after the meeting what I'm going to think. And he just, he said, a lack of hope is like the red light. It's like the check engine light on your car. I don't get condemned when my check engine light comes on. My check engine light came on, I'm a bad person. No, I don't get condemned because I don't have hope, but it's great information. A lack of hope is the indicator we're believing lies, not truth. Showed us Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. believing. Then it goes on to say that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if you boil that verse down to its essence, it's now may the God of hope fill you in believing. The moment I believe truth is the moment I start getting filled by the God of hope. Increasing hope is the evidence I'm renewing my mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence I'm renewing my mind with lies instead of truth. Start believing truth, start getting filled, filled more, then it gets up to my eyes. And I start seeing the same things differently. Wow, start seeing me differently. Hey, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. I think God can even use me. Start seeing the people around me differently. Oh, they're not as bad as I thought they were either. I think God can even use them. I see my country differently. I see my city differently. I see my finances differently. I see my relationships differently. He said, Steve and Wendy, your hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than a problem. And many of you have heard these things before, but I love to share it. I hear my message all the time. Every t- <laughs> and I'm more excited about it now. And every time I preach, I say, thanks, Steve. I needed that. <laughs> my hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Say that with me. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Say it again. My hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. That's a game changer. My hopelessness about, if I'm hopeless about my finances, my hopelessness about my finances is a bigger problem than anything going in my finances. By the way, in this section over here, the Lord is releasing financial breakthrough. There's somebody in this section that you're right now, you're financially struggling. In a year from now, you are going to be so blessed. You're going to have overflow. Over, just say overflow. 
I was just in Reno. I want to just sidetrack. I was in Reno, Nevada a couple weeks ago. About two or three years ago, there was a pastor there who was in financial struggle. I mean, it was, it was bad. And I, I, I was praying, I just, and I felt prompted to give him a, a prophetic word. I sent him a text or an email, and I gave him a few bullet points of some things, you know, this scripture, that. But I put one thing in, in the prophetic encouragement. I said, one idea is going to change everything. So, by the way, that's, that's, you can take it over there, too, but this is, and, and, and he got an idea. He got an idea. He was working in, with mirrors and how to, how to uh, he was working in a redoing hotel rooms. They were throwing mirrors away. He got an idea of how to use mirrors to, uh, for physical fitness, uh, gym-type situations. And now he told me, I mean, that there's like, I think his profits were over a million. He got, and now he's started a new office in Austin all out of one idea. Someone said, Steve, you don't need more money. You need a new idea. But there's somebody in that section a year from now. That's a good word. My hopelessness about what's going on in America is a bigger problem than anything going on in America. I think I'll say that again. By the way, these meetings, there's, there's people in this, in, within the sound of my voice, you've come under something about what's going on in America. You've, you, you've come under something. You're coming out of that thing this weekend. I see it. You're coming out because you can't, where you're going, you can't have that thing on you. My hopelessness about what's going on in my country is a bigger problem than what's going on in my country, unless I don't believe who God says I am. And I want, I want to, you know, the Lord basically told us, he said, Stephen, Wendy, you have permission to be hopeless about anything I'm hopeless about. <laughs> Never once have we prayed, hey, God, are you hopeless about that? Never once have we heard, yep, I'm hopeless. We're stumped. Even prayer for that is pointless. Ha ha. Let's just turn to your neighbor and say, I think this message is just for you. One of my new definitions of hope is this, is hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Wherever there's no hope, all progress and improvement stops. <laughs> Let me speak to this section right here. You guys look decent and in order. <laughs> You're not sure you want to receive that. 
Hope is, a, we're, uh, hope is an unstoppable force. Our hope level determines our influence level. He who has the most hope is the most influence. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership quality there is. It's hard to influence that which you don't have hope for. And people don't tend to want to follow hopeless leaders. <laughs> yep, I want what you have. <laughs> I want to hook on to somebody who believes things are only going to get worse. Yep. <laughs> I want to be a part of that. <laughs> Without a vision, the people perish. There's a town that was going to get covered up by a, a reservoir. They were building a dam. Once they found out there was no future left for the town, all improvements and progress stopped. And we're, we're not called to maintain. And you know, you know what? I, 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 I love Holy Spirit fire, but I want truth and hope fire. I want a fire in my spirit that I believe we can make a difference. We are making a difference. So hope, hope is so powerful. And we, we just, this is what, we were learning in the desert that he said, I want you to redirect your greatest spiritual warfare guns at your own beliefs, and I want you to see what happens. And I want you to be more concerned about your lack of hope than anything the devil's doing. I want you to see what happens. We can't trust any conclusion, any thought that doesn't have hope attached to it. We can't trust it. We may not know what the lie is, but it's under the influence of a lie. And when we start, you know, we start going after thoughts. And, you know, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Someone just go, rawr, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a cow over there. <laughs> yeah, okay. That explains it. It says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it says, We demolish arguments. I believe the greatest argument to be demolished is the argument of past experience. We demolish arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That, great, that spiritual warfare passage has been quoted it's probably the greatest spiritual warfare passage isn't talking about regional demonic principalities. It's talking about our own thinking. The only command that's given is to take every thought captive. The highest level of spiritual warfare is the decision to think higher than what you're experiencing. 
Think through God's promises. Think through past prayers we've prayed. The argument of past experience. I remember one, one city I pastored the first week I get there. Someone comes up to me and says, Steve, I want to let you know this city is hard for the gospel. <laughs> I knew if I believed that, I would become the biggest problem in my city. I'd be the regional principality. I, I, I'd be it. That, me coming in agreement with that would be a bigger problem than anything the devil's doing. <laughs> we got cows, we got, I don't know what that was. Sounds like maybe a pig snorting, right? argument. We don't deny the past. We just can't get our beliefs out of it. We don't deny. It's been hard, but it's not a hard place. Because if we, if we give identity to ourselves, our city based on past experience, that, that, that's it. That's the stronghold. That's the argument that has to be demolished. I love it. It says weapons. So Say Weapons. It's not weapon, it's weapon. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God of the pulling down of strongholds. And um, God's given us weapons to pull down strongholds in our own thinking, supernatural weapons. It makes me happy. Because sometimes, I don't know. I mean, it says you got to pull them down. It says it's, you have to capture thoughts. They don't, they don't come up to us and surrender. I love, there's a whole bunch of weapons, the Bible, the Word of God's a weapon, love encounters, weapon, ministries that heal, some past is a weapon that, that demolishes the arguments rooted in the past rather than truth. And, but there's two weapons I really like, the weapon of declaration and the weapon of laughter. There are weapons. Now, the weapon of declaration... If we're, going to be, if we're going to experience something higher, we've got to believe something higher, and we've got to hear something higher. If we're going to believe something higher. I've got to hear somebody who's thermostatic. It's called prophecy. Got the, prophetic, the, the purpose of the prophetic word is to demolish the arguments based on the past. It's one of the most important words. to give true identity to people. That's what happened to Gideon. I mean, Gideon, Judges 6, he's dark-time nation of Israel, oppressed by the Midianites. He's trying to survive, hoping that his wheat doesn't get stolen. His goal is so he doesn't lose anything else in his life. That'll be success. And God had a higher plan. And the angel comes, gives him a prophetic word. Hello, mighty man of valor. Gideon probably thought this angel must be new to angelic prophetic ministry. 
Ha ha. Because that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Argument. Trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. And he just argued his family, there's no miracles, God's abandoned us, it's too late. Too late! But he heard something. And it started to penetrate. Didn't seem like it was working at first, but it was working. It started to penetrate. It started, that word started to demolish his agreement with the past. Finally, he got it so much, he just had 300 people and saved the nation. One guy. One guy who was, I mean, you think you got issues. If I would have been there and I would have heard that word, mighty warrior, I would have, you know, if Jim and I would have been in the wine press, I would have said, hey, uh, Jim, uh, Angel just gave bad word. That's not a good prophetic word because we know Gideon, don't we? No, I mean, sometimes we'll hear a word for somebody. They missed it. I know that person, and that's not them. Ha ha. Shared this last night. It reminds me when I was pastoring in Nevada. I get out there and I said, Lord, if I had better people, I could really do something. these people you've given me. <laughs> Try to fly, I'm trying to fly like an eagle. And I'm landlocked with all these prairie chickens. <laughs> and the Lord says, hey, hey, Steve, you know what your people's biggest problem is? <laughs> no, Lord. What's my people's biggest problem? Steve, it's you. Thank you, Lord, for that encouragement. Because your people are having a hard time rising above your negative beliefs about them. And your constant belief, they're who their past says they are. Something started to shift in me. And I realized, man, I'm hopeless for my people. That's a bigger problem what's going on in my people. That thing's got to get dealt with. Some parents need to hear that about their kids. Some spouses need to hear it about their spouse. So, and, and there's something that's, when, 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 we, when we get a hold of that, whoo, you start getting some traction because you go after the real thing. And, and, you know, Gideon, he, it didn't seem like it was working, but it was, it was working. And, and, and so he heard something higher. He heard who he was. He was a mighty warrior living in a non-mighty warrior experience. But he was a mighty warrior. And I'm not, I'm not waiting for an angel to come to me. 
Well, I wish an angel would come to me and tell me who I am. Ha uh ha. -huh. Now I'm coming to me. That's what declarations are. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Life is in the power of the tongue. One of the greatest revelations we'll ever get is that life is in the power of the tongue. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing. I gotta hear something. I gotta hear something higher than what I'm experiencing. I'm not waiting for you to say it. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. I am the greatest hearer of my own words. I get, to, I get to determine the amount of grace that gets released into my life. The Bible says in, in, in James 3, our words are like a rudder on a ship and a bit in a horse's mouth. Whatever I talk a lot about, I get pulled towards. I get directed towards. You, where do you want to be in five years from now? You got to talk your way there. It's not the only thing you do, but you got to say it before you see it. Pretty much, you know, so many of the things I'm experiencing in my life right now is because of what I said 20 years ago when it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. I said some things. I said, I'm going to influence nations. I'm a nation influencer. I was hardly influencing anybody. First, when I started saying, I said, Lord, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. I thought you said, thou shalt not lie. <laughs> shouldn't I wait before I'm shouldn't I wait until I'm influencing nations before I say I'm, in I'm a nation influencer? I said, see, let me ask you a question. Do you wait for an apple tree to have apples on it before you call it an apple tree? No, Lord. Even if the apple tree is too young to have apples, we still say that the apple tree has the gift of apples. I said, Steve, think about it. You don't get your identity out of what you've done. You get your identity out of what you were created to do. So I got to say it. I got to say the Bible says in Romans 4.17, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that are not as though they are. The context of that is, as God told Abram, change your name to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. And I want you to declare you're father of a multitude when you're, you don't have your multitude. I want you to say it. You got to say it. You got to call those things that are not as though they are. The Bible says what? Let the weak say I'm weak. Oh, strong. Strong. Oh, wow. Let the weak say I'm strong. It's not about denial. It doesn't say let the weak say I'm not weak. If you're battling weakness, if you need prayer, get prayer. If you need to take medication, take medication. Go to the doctor, but don't call yourself weak. You call yourself weak, that is, that's bigger than anything the devil's doing. 
That's the stronghold that has to be demolished. And you demolish it. One of the greatest ways to demolish it is by what we say. Now, I think when I was here last, we had this declaration clicker. This thing, this thing is spiritually flammable. <laughs> you, you know, you, you want to you wanna go, if we got this on our book table and got a lot of resources out there and to help you radically change what, how you think. But you want to, you know, you want to do an experiment. Do an experiment and make 100 declarations a day for a month and see what happens. Man, and you just, you, this, this helps you because every time you make a declaration, you make a click. <laughs> Everywhere I go, revival breaks out. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I'm a great decision maker. My marriage is going to the next level. I am healthy. I'm healthy in my bones, my skin, my blood. Every organ is healthy. I laugh 400 times a day. <laughs> a million people will be in heaven because of my life. I make disciples of nations. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can thrive no matter what happens. My prayers for America are working. My prayers for my family are working. 2019 is going to be the best year of my life because I serve a God of increase. I serve a God who moves from glory to glory. I'm an encounter machine. Man, I got 21 right there. Man, that was good. Hey, John, want to give that to you? You know what I hear over you, John? I hear you're a man with a barrier breaker anointing. You're a forerunner. You're like a Roger Bannister in the spirit. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile when they said, nobody can do it. It's impossible. We just laugh at that, by the way. Ha ha. He did it. And within like three years, 16 others did it. There's something on your life. Even, even the resistance that you're experiencing in some area, it's, 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 it's not about you. It's about all the people who you're going to break through for. You, you've, got, you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. And you are, are a greater leader than you think you are. <laughs> and I tell you this. Uh, when, I, when I said one idea is going to change it, one idea for you is going to change everything. In the way you lead, in, the, in what you're doing, there's, gonna, there's an idea that's going to unlock you, it's going to unlock others, and, and it's going to start a momentum with a whole group of people you're connected with that's going to be key in what God's doing in this nation. So I bless you. And that clicker, hmm, that thing, Whew, it's going to do something. It's great to meet you, by the way. So declarations is a weapon of warfare. I want you to say this. I am who God says I am. I'm not who my past says I am. Say I'm significant in what God is doing. 
I mean, some, you know, just some people uh, don't think they're a significant part of the body. I mean, some might think they're just, you're just like a toenail. And you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing people in the room who feel they're insignificant, that the Lord is breaking that thing off you. All right, and we're going to close with this. I'm going to give you one other weapon. We're going to close tonight with one of my favorite weapons of warfare. It's the weapon of laughter. Now, it was already released earlier. I just felt I got a warm, fuzzy feeling at the end of worship. But we're going to laugh a little more. So why don't you just warm up your laugher? Because I wouldn't want anybody to laugh suddenly and pull a laugh muscle. <laughs> now, to laugh, you have to let go of something. That's, why, that's how it's a weapon. We have to let go. Because lies sound really real in the darkness of our thinking. Oh, yes, amen. If I don't feel saved, oh, yes, that means I'm not saved. Yes. If, if it feels this true, it's got to be true. But then when I say it out of my mouth, I put language to the lies that creating my lack of hope. My salvation is dependent upon my feelings. That's just stupid. I mean... Laughter is a weapon to break off the absurdity of getting our beliefs from our past experience. It's a weapon. It's a great weapon. And, it's, and it makes renewing the mind fun. Until I learned the weapon of laughter, I was just all heavy. Oh, man, I got bad beliefs. I'm a mess. I'm leaving lies. And then you actually start laughing. Man, it actually it makes it kind of fun. Wrote some books called Let's Just Laugh at That. Got a new one for kids. Got two for kids now. So here's what we're going to do. I just want to share some of the devil's all-time favorite lies. And after I share them, I want you to do an experiment and laugh. And some of them are going to be easy to laugh at. You'll laugh. <laughs> Others are going to be more difficult. You'll laugh, maybe laugh like this. <laughs> Because you're actually getting delivered from something. <laughs> and some in the room might think, well, I'm not planning on laughing. <laughs> because I'm an authentic person. And if I laugh, it will feel fake. Your laughter's not fake, it's just rusty. It's like a muscle that's atrophied. So this is an opportunity. Even, even all you can get out is a haw. Just celebrate the haw. <laughs> Are you guys good? All right. So I'm going to share some of the favorites. This is a weapon of warfare. I'm giving you a tool to start demolishing strongholds. All right. And so I want you to just laugh just a little louder than you were planning on laughing. Okay. Let's just start with this, this lie right here. <laughs> this is a real good one. God loves you, but he does not like you. 
<laughs> Here's one of the devil's favorites. You are a failure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> you, you are a failure. <laughs> How about this one? You should not trust the perspective of any Christian who laughs a lot. Ha ha ha. Because obviously they're not getting it. Ha ha. Ha. The Columbus, Ohio region is an impossible region for worldwide revival to break out from. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, because of this region's sinful history, God doesn't even like this region. Here's another good one. God will not provide for your needs in the future. <laughs> Here's another good one. <laughs> There's times where I need to go back over the instructions. <laughs> the instructions are we, we share the lie first, then laugh. <laughs> Here's a good one. In key decisions that you need to make in the future, you will not know what to do. <laughs> and if you make the wrong decision, God won't know what to do. And then one of the devil's all-time favorite lies. Laughter in the church is from the devil. Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> you know, it's a good meeting when your cheeks hurt right here. That's always a good meeting. In this latest, let's just laugh at that for kids. There's a, there's a couple good lies here. Let's just laugh at these. These are, I mean, I'm tempted to believe some of these lies. Here's a good one to, how about, let's laugh at this one. My teacher does not like me. <laughs> Here's one. I don't have to honor my brother or sister. <laughs> My feelings never lie to me. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Anybody have a child six through ten? Thank you. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart is good like medicine. There's something about giving room. We, we won't make room for that which we don't value. There's something about giving room to that which is important. Even in a meeting like this, you say, well, you know, we should move on. Need to move on. We need something to happen rather than people just laughing. This is church. No, there's something, 
There's something about, I know we don't laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep and, you know, but there's something about giving room for the joy of the Lord. Just giving room. Obviously, freedom doesn't mean anything can go, but I believe most, most Christians are, are, are joy deficient. Joy deficient. And I made a decision a long time ago. I'm going to make room for the joy of the Lord. I'm going to hang out with joyful people. I'm going to hang out with Holy Spirit manifestors. Because they're funny. <laughs> they're funny. And a merry heart is good like medicine. One of the main ways to stay emotionally and physically healthy is through laughter. It is. It's just, and laughter cleans out the pipes. People who laugh a lot, the truth that comes out of them comes out of them in a purer form. Because to laugh, you got to let go of frustration. You got to let go of critical spirits. You got to let go of bad attitudes towards people. You got to let go of victim mindset. To laugh, poof, all that stuff gets cleared out. Because you can't keep all that stuff and laugh at the same time. And, and, and laughter, joy and laughter is a secret to strength and longevity. It's a secret to strength and longevity. I believe this. It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't need joy at the end of the battle. I need joy in the middle of the battle. I got a lot of reasons why tonight's just not a good night for me to be joyful. Just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. I used to say, well, when all these things are resolved, then I'll be joyful. Ha, ha. The Lord said, Steve, if you're not joyful now, the chances of you being joyful in the future is slim. And there, even tonight, there, there's great people in this room. Tonight, there's something that, that the joy of the Lord, there's a, there's a breakthrough in the joy of the Lord for people. Because you can't get hope without getting all joy. I said, Lord, I want hope, but I don't want any of that joy stuff. Well, yeah, joy stuff, that stuff, yeah, that just looks like childishness. I don't know. Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. You can't get hope without all joy coming too. It comes as a package. And there's leaders in this room. There's influencers. And you, the part of the thermostatic thing on your life is to make room for the joy of the Lord. Make room. You don't have to copy somebody else, but just make room for it. Make room. Lean into it. It's a, Bible says, what's it say? Serve the Lord with grumbling. No, it says serve the Lord with gladness. Gladness. When we've, all of us have got reasons why in our current assignment we shouldn't be glad. Let's just laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. I believe this, when, we, when we've let go of gladness in a ministry assignment, we've hit the lid of our ministry influence. 
I'm not talking about a bad day or a bad week, but just you've just let go. Now, we, the reason that we've let go of gladness, that thing, as we deal with the lies that are creating that, it's going to put us on the launching pad for the next season. Why don't we just, uh, before the team comes on up, why don't we just laugh for about five more seconds? <laughs> you guys received the word tonight? Yep, before we do this, Jim has got something he wants to do. <laughs> Man, wasn't that good? So good. Wow. If we got our ushers come forward, we're going to receive an offering for Steve. And uh, so there's a couple different ways you can give. One, you can give check. You can make it out to Zion Christian Fellowship. We count it all separate for Steve. You can give by uh, credit card. You can write it in the uh, envelopes, uh, the numbers there. You can give. I, I'm, I'm forgetting them all. I don't, I don't usually do this. There they are. They're all right there. They're all right there. Sean's working on some exciting technology of a computer chip in your forehead and your wrist. We're going to be able to give by that soon. <laughs> Very exciting. It's just speed things up. Yeah, it's just going to make things so much faster. And so, yeah, so make your checks out to Zion and uh, all these other things here, too. And so go ahead and go for it. We getting it? Yeah. Tomorrow we will have, unless it is a level three snow emergency where it's illegal to drive on the roads, we will have, we'll have it here tomorrow, okay? And so we are not canceling for one or two. So you make your own wise decisions and uh, but if it's uh, two or below, we will be here. Find someone with four wheel drive or not, and all that good stuff. So, but we will be here. It'll be here at ten to noon tomorrow, and then at six p.m. tomorrow night. And then Steve will be here at ten a.m. Sunday morning. And then we'll be kicking off our Columbus School Supernatural Ministry. The quarter is hearing God and the prophetic, and Steve will be kicking that off at five p.m. So it's the evening services go seven on Friday, six on Saturday, five on Sunday, wow. and Monday. He's flying out, so we won't be here. So, All right. Well, thank you for being generous. We'll have other opportunities to give. And I encourage you, get, uh, get some of Steve's resources because, you know, he can inspire you from here. But if you, unless you get those resources, it's hard to walk it out. But the, when you have them, I, uh, I go through them on a regular basis. They're just some of my favorite stuff. So, all right. Let's welcome back Steve Backlin. Thank you, Jim. You know, J-I-M, Jump Starter Igniting Miracles. <laughs> That's who you are, Jim Baker. You're a jump starter, igniting miracles. All right. By the way, if you guys receive the word that was shared tonight, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me tonight. It was supernatural. It's going to increase, it's going to influence the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Wow, 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 wow. I heard, by the way, I heard that tomorrow's meetings are going to be the best meetings yet. That's what I heard. All right, team, come on up. We love bringing a team to Zion. I mean, one of the favorite places to bring a, a ministry team because it's a win-win situation. You win by them releasing things, and they win by meeting you. So why don't you guys come over here, and um, all of these are students at the School of Supernatural Ministry. They're going to introduce themselves. You know Mara. 
Yes, she's one of your own. If you're a part of this house, I know there's visitors here tonight, but she's, she's part of this Zion family. And then Yvette, she is third year as well, so they're third year. And then Yako and Mike, they are second year students. And so what their assignment is, is to pray about you and to hear and then report to you what they've heard. How do you like that? So they're going to introduce themselves. They're going to share a passion point. Then they're going to share uh, what they believe is the most important thing for tonight. And then we'll see how much time we got to share some more. Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, for you, those of you that don't know me, my name is Mara. Um, this is my home church. It's such an honor to be back here and interning for Steve this year. I am back yeah, visiting you guys. Um, Oh, ah, joy, freedom, the church, its people, seeing um, the people of the church, people coming out of the religious mindset, coming out of the religious spirit, and walking directly into freedom, walking directly into son and daughtership, which is where you all belong. Um, passionate about that. Um, I actually got a word. What was your name in the blue again next to me? I, yeah, Sean. Nice. Um, Sean, I just, before... Is it Sean or John? John? Sean. It's Sean. Sean or Sean? Okay, I, I called Sean John. Yeah, Sean, I just, before Steve started talking about you earlier, I literally felt um, the Lord calls you a father to the fatherless. And uh, he says, you are an invincible leader, and there are young and old in front of you and behind you um, that you're leading through the fire. You are one that stays with people through their absolute lowest moments in their desert seasons, and um, you're a strong tower, and the Lord has given you a specific grace for this season. There are people coming into your life that um, are going to have no other options, and they're going to find the... They're going to find it in you and the Holy Spirit that's in you. Um, and I feel like where you've been asking the Lord for a spiritual father or a spiritual, like, connection, like a family connection, like a brother or a father or something like that, he's giving it to you. He's giving you the connection that you're longing for spiritually. Yeah, be filled with that. Um, I have another one. I'll get this later. My name is Yvette Van Zyl. I'm from South Africa. Yes. <laughs> I do decorations every day. <laughs> anyway, um, I believe in the power of my words. That's why I'm laughing. Um, we moved to Reading three years ago, my family and I. I'm actually passionate about the church. I firsthand experienced how the church can change a nation. And I believe the church is plan A. So... Um, my word tonight during worship, God highlighted earrings. And I would love everybody who are wearing earrings tonight to stand. I am so excited about this because God is doing some powerful things tonight to those of you who chose to wear earrings. 
There is one group of you here tonight, one group of you who are in need of provision. And what I heard with provision was somebody needs a couch. There's someone who really wants a new couch. And there's someone here who actually wants to go on a holiday. And they really couldn't afford to go on a holiday. And I see tonight God releasing couches and holidays and even <laughs> provision for things, materialistic things. He's providing that tonight. And then he's also bringing financial breakthrough. There are some of you tonight wearing earrings that need financial breakthrough to go to the next level. I see him pay off debts. Debts paid off tonight. Then there's another group of you standing tonight that I heard from silver to gold. And you, on you are coming an anointing for writing. There's an anointing for writing coming on some of you. Yes, Lord, thank you. Tonight. I actually saw one of you writing a blog. And this blog is going to impact teenage girls in this region. Specifically ones that are at risk. So I just bless what God is doing tonight. And I just say thank you, Jesus, for providing couches, holidays, financial breakthrough, and writing anointings in Jesus' name. Just say powerful. Sure, it's powerful. My name is um, Yaku. Um, maybe you won't be able to pronounce that, <laughs> but um, I'm, from, I'm also from South Africa, like Yvette. Yes, um, I'm second year BSSM. Um, I brought my family over with me with two little uh, girls, and uh, what, a, what an amazing journey it's been. Um, I'm passionate about physical healing. Um, when you almost died and God resurrected you out of the dead like myself, then, then things, sh things shift in your life. So I love to, to, to pray for healing and see God do the impossible uh, because I am a walking miracle. Um, so that's good. That's amazing. The second thing I'm passionate about is just, is just God's Word. I believe God's Word is alive and powerful and can change anything. Um, I love studying the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. Um, I, God speaks to me through the Word, so I'm just, I just love the Bible. And I want to encourage you, let's pray for a revival in the Scriptures. Amen? It will be so good. Um, when I prayed for you um, coming up from Reading, um, I saw Zion Church is a pioneering ministry. I see, I see Zion Church is like, is like John the Baptist, that you're actually preparing the way of the Lord, and you're actually pre 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 preparing this area and this region for a great move of the Spirit. And um, I see the Lord is giving you influence and open doors, especially in the sporting world. And I see that, that God is going to start drawing sport, uh, sporting uh, um, stars to this congregation, and sports stars and athletes are going to get saved. And, and, and with that, I'm seeing campus ministries on the campuses in, in a high is, is going to flourish and start up, and students are going to get saved. So I just want to release that to you, that you guys are going to influence the sporting area in Columbus. Amen? Great word. 
Well, I'm Mike. I'm from England. I'm a second-year student at uh, BSSM. I'm passionate about people encountering God. I'm passionate about people's hearts being transformed through those encounters. And tonight, I knew I was going to encounter the Lord in a new way, and I did during worship. I discovered the groovy God. I thought worship was just so groovy. I've never used groovy to describe worship before. I, I loved it. I loved it. So Mary, thank you so much. It was wonderful. Wow. <laughs> the groovy God. Yeah. I had, I saw, I saw a picture. There was a coffee mug. And it was dirty on the outside. It was stained. There was lipstick on it. It was, it was a really vulgar design. It was red, and it had a large cannabis leaf on it. And on the inside, it was really, really stained. And it started to be used as an ashtray. And then finally, somebody had the bright idea of putting it in the dishwasher. Now, it had a mark on the, on the bottom ring where it said made in China, and it said dishwasher proof. But it went in the dishwasher, and every stain and all of the design, the color was all washed off, and it became this white bone China, this glistening mug. But it was just left in the dishwasher. And eventually somebody said, oh, that needs to be returned. Then you can't use a mug if it's in the dishwasher. You need to take it out so it can be used. So it was taken out and it was put on, you know, it was put, put amongst the other mugs. And the other mugs looked at it and went, oh, oh, we're jealous of how beautiful you are. And I feel like there are many people in this church, you, God's saying, go. God's saying, go out. There's an evangelistic anointing coming upon you. Don't be ashamed of your history. Know that you've got victory over your history. John wrote to the young men in, in faith, and he said, young men, because you are strong, God's word lives in your hearts, and you have won the battle with the evil one. There is an evangelistic anointing on you to go out and know that God is going to make people jealous because of what he's done in your life and they're going, to want to, they're going to want what you have. They're going to want him. So go for it. Amen. Is there someone named Becca in here? Becca, Rebecca, Becky, Rebecca. Can you stand up? I knew you were in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I saw you, um, taking, mm, yeah, you are, um, you're walking into a new light. The Lord just said she's walking into a new light that, um, you didn't actually even know you were, you know, missing something. This is, tonight's a night of renewing the mind, and tonight's a night of, you know, being ignited in hope, and being ignited in joy, and uh, you're such an amazing person. You're such a whole, happy person, but the Lord's taking you to a new level. He's taking you even, you know, deeper into his light, even deeper into his promises. Do you have influence in the arts at all? Any art? Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. You're going to begin to um, step into your own thing, and you're going to begin to, um, you're, you're starting something new. You're a pioneer in the arts. You're going to start to um, pave your own path. And coming into this new light in your mind and in your renewing of your mind, that's going to, um, that's really going to reflect in your art and what you do. So I bless you Yay. for that. So good. Yeah, I, I have a word I, I want to release quickly. It's, it's a powerful word. It's one that I'm really excited about. Um, my mom was miraculously healed from cancer last year. It became very personal to me. Um, and on the 1st of January, I woke up um, with a word from the Lord, and he said in 2019 that this would be the year that there would be more healings in, ca in cancer than all the years combined before. That same day, I, I, I emailed two of the team members, and I, and I released that word. And Connie, who's um, Steve's PA, shared with us at the first meeting that her father-in-law, fourth, sta fourth stage cancer, healed, completely healed, cancer gone. My declaration, what I heard from the Lord is cancer is dead. Cancer is dead. Just came back this weekend with Steve from Austin, Bethel, Bethel, Austin, released the word from the stage, which I'm going to do over you guys now. They came up to me afterwards and said, within the last month, we've seen two people healed from cancer. This is only the beginning. So I'm going to ask that if you have cancer, if you know someone who has cancer, would you stand? You know, as I'm standing here, I hear this is a cancer-free zone. We're going to make this really simple. All we need to do is agree with what God already said. And so I want you to declare with me, cancer is dead. You are healed in Jesus' mighty name. This is the year. Amen. Just short, I'm just when I go after the word of knowledge, which I've been carrying for a few days, I thought, mm, maybe it's for now. Does, any, does somebody here struggle with pain in your elbow, left or right? Could be tennis or it could be golfer's elbow. Great. Could you stand for me? Is anybody else, if it's left or right? Great. I just declare over you that, that the Lord Jesus is healing you right now. And I declare by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. And we thank you, Lord, that all pain is gone. All inflammation is gone. Full reins of motion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we flew in on Wednesday and we got off the airplane and checked in with each other in Starbucks went, what are you feeling? Joy, 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 joy. Excited to be here. And it was one of the words which I had uh, praying about coming. Your joy is a river overflowing its banks. And I declare that over you, over the church, and over this city. Your joy is a river overflowing its banks. You guys received those words? 
Here's what the team's going to do. They're going to be available once the service is dismissed. We've done this before, but they're going to have four different prayer stations, and they're going to spread out all the way across the front, and they're each going to go after a separate topic, and it's going to be a group prayer, not individual. So whether two or 20 come up, uh, they're going to wait until they see who's coming up before they start releasing things. And so, uh, what are you doing, Mara? Uh, financial. financial business. She's going to be, why don't you just go over there, Mara, in that area. And then, Yvette, what are you doing? Breakthrough, breakthrough Encounters. If you want a, bre- a, a breakthrough in encounters, why don't you just say encounters? encounters. And then, Yaku, what are you doing? You're doing healing. We'll put you over there in that corner as well if you need physical healing. Uh, your pain in your body, negative doctor's report. Um, so, yep, and then Mike's going to do family and relationships right here, breakthrough. You want to go to the next level uh, in that. So, finance business, breakthrough and encounters, family relationships, physical healing over there. You guys want to stand? Everybody good? Why don't you just put your hand on your neighbor and say, fire. <laughs> we bless you in the name of the Lord. We, if you want to receive prayer, the team is ready. If you need to go, we bless you. The book table, resource tables there. If you want more about our ministry, you can find us at ignitinghope.com. Why don't you give the Lord just a shout of praise again tonight. Amen, amen.